Boom! What is going on, everybody? We are live. Welcome back to the latest episode of the AEW Dynamite Review Show. As always, your boy TK in the house. And tonight, tonight, as you can tell, I got a very special guest. The host of Cage My IQ, the Bloodline Entertainment Network's own Dan Bakley. Cage himself, what's good, brother? Talk about shows leading up until the pay-per-view, man. Jesus. They've been nonstop. A, a lot of people like to call me an AEW homer. Whatever. It is what it is. But since last Dynamite, they have been nonstop with the go-home shows. Me and the first lady, JD, we did this show last week. And we were like, holy shit, that felt like a go-home show. Collision was incredible. Led into tonight that was the go-home. Well, the go-home dynamite, and it yeah. felt like a go-home dynamite. My God. And before we talk about the, all that, again, thank you for tuning in to the AEW Dynamite Review Show. We appreciate it greatly. And please hit that like button. Go back to other videos. Like Cage. Cage just dropped his MMA video like he does weekly. Go and hit the like on his video. Check it out. See what he does. Subscribe to the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, seven days a week. We are dropping fresh, hot content, sports, wrestling, and entertainment, and you can listen to us. If you don't want to look at us, you can listen to us. We're all over the place. Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Music. Just put Bloodline Entertainment Network into your Google search bar, and you'll find us on audio, and you'll find us on the website, bloodlinenetwork.com. Everything we do, sports, wrestling, entertainment, all our video, all our audio, everything under one Roof, bloodlinenetwork.com and yo my dude let's get into this aew review show because it was hot hot fire before we do let's acknowledge the chat as we should we got our boy from top rope wrestling talk great job on the aew collision show bruce wendy dom you guys did a hell of a job this past saturday night thank you for tuning in my brother Oh, my God. Tribal Chief himself. What is good, my man? Thank you for tuning in. Dylan. Dylan. World Elite Podcast. My guy. The graphic designer of the Bloodline Entertainment Network in the house. And from down under in the future. Always will greatly lose my class. It's the Brocast Podcast. Alan, Tom, what is good? Gents. Justin, I miss you so much. Too sweet, you. I'll throw my ones up to you. Too sweet and my one. I miss you so much, my dude. Sexy ass website. And Streets, host of Roto Slappers. Go and check out what him and Big Blake are doing every Monday night. Streets and I will be hosting a live mock draft Saturday night right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. But, yo, let's get into this. Let's rip this dynamite yeah. reading show. It started off with the Hardy Boys coming off. And I'm like, all right, that's interesting. I'm, I'm a little confused why they're starting with the Hardys when you know the crowd's going to be CM Punking all night if you don't give it to him. I know we just got him at Collision. First and foremost, I was supposed to be there tonight. Couldn't get the proper babysitting. It's all good. I got my shirt. I was there. The return part two of CM Punk Collision. Incredible. My vlog will be out soon. Thank you to the Tribal Chief for putting that together with me. Had a blast at Collision. Couldn't go tonight. It's all good. Because I get to sit here with you guys and my boy, Bakley. So it's all good. But let's get into the show. Because I know if I was there, 
at 657, I'd be screaming his name. So that's why I was confused why they went with the Hardys. But I understand why they did, because the crowd pops a little bit. You hear the music, you dance a little bit, you get down with it. So I was like, all right, cool. So you got the Hardys and the Guns. It was a fun match. I love the presentation of the Guns. They present them like stars. Their entrance, they look so good. I like the mannerisms that they have. It's like a mixture of when they did that one-time rap entrance for them and then he took the stand side by side and then just posed it with their actual uh and the music western music yes yes dude it was it looked so hot their entrance the presentation was fantastic and then we got a solid back and forth match between the two of them between the veterans and the up-and-coming studs because i do think they're studs jeff at colton or jeff at colton with a twist of fate that colton sold like he was Dolph Ziggler. he sold his ass off on it um, out of nowhere, Juice Robinson shows up. He helps the Guns get the win. After the match, Jay White and Juice Robinson help the Guns beat down the Hardys, returning the favor from a couple of weeks ago, helping Jay White beat Ricky Starks. After a while, and I mean a while, they beat him down for a little bit. Yeah. I was like, where's the help? Where's Ricky? Where's FTR? Ricky Starks comes out. He makes a hot save. I'm like, okay, here we go. But the heels get the upper hand. They beat Ricky down. FTR comes out. FTR gets the upper hand for a quick second. Bullet Club, bat, black and gold, gets the upper hands, beating down FTR, beating down Ricky Starks. And commentary selling it as a four on three, selling it as a four on three. So I'm sitting there like, CM Punk, CM Punk. He's coming with the crowd starts chanting it. And what happens? The man himself comes out. He looks a little bigger than he used to. Um, he looks noticeably stronger. Like he's been hitting the gym hard. And you like to see it because you don't like, you don't want to see Bony Punk. You want to nah. see beefy punk and he looks good his body looks good he makes the hot save he comes out takes out bullet club black and gold takes out the guns grabs the mic he says i'm not even supposed to be on dynamite i don't give a shit i'm here but from now on if you want to catch me you can catch me on collision and you guys are all tough fighting four on one four on two four on three let's fight four on four on collision well my dude you said it we were talking the whole show you said it you go i hope we get this four on four and i was like we probably will Main event of Collision, CM Punk, Ricky Starks, FTR, taking on Bullet Club Black and Gold, because I think this is where we're probably going with it, Jay White, Juice Robinson, and the Guns. Hell you, of you, see the name, you see the name that they made? CMFT Ricky. Whoa. Okay. Okay. I dig that. I dig that CMFT Ricky for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yo, 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 circle of bait, my dude, Ivan, Ivan, what is good? Thank you so much for tuning in, man. Said what's going on. Um, you watch Dynamite, his doctor's appointment tonight. Hope you're feeling better, my guy. Hope you're it's feeling better. Sense. Forbidden Door is going to be wild, dude. Cannot wait for Forbidden Door. For Forbidden Door. And yo, we got for Forbidden Door coverage all over the place on this network. Tomorrow night, live, 8 Central Standard Time. Wrestle Bread, we will be talking Forbidden Door prediction panel show with the First Lady JD, and of course, Sunday Night Live Forbidden Door Watch Along. We're going to be doing it big, big. So be with us all weekend long. And Saturday, I'll be hosting my own little quick collision watch along. So be with us there as well. But we got a big, big weekend going on in the Bloodline Entertainment Network, as we always do. So that 4 and 4 and collision is going to be fun. We'll talk about that more Saturday night. And we might talk about that a little bit more going forward this evening. But let's keep going. Mark Briscoe, Jeff Jarrett in a concession stand brawl. Mark Briscoe got the win in a match that you'd expect to be a match that it was in a concession stand brawl. I hate mustard. Mustard repulses me. So when I see mustard all in Double J's hair, I'm like, oh, I'm just thinking about that smell. It makes me sick. 
Yuck. Gross. Anyway, Mark Briscoe, um, they were throwing hot dogs at each other. There's popcorn all over the place. Briscoe climbs a ladder. Sanjay Dutt, he's dressed in all black. We thought it was Karen Jared. He comes and pushes Mark Briscoe off the ladder, through a table. Double J gets the upper hand. We had to break. Papa Briscoe shows up. Jay Lethal shows up. Papa Briscoe looking swole, especially after his rampage performance. Huge choke slam, Bakley. Huge choke slam on Jay Lethal through the table. My God, that was cool. Papa Briscoe gets in the ring, takes out Sanjay Dutt. Karen Jarrett shows up, hits Papa Briscoe with a low blow. Mark Briscoe and Jeff Jarrett end up going at it. Mark Briscoe gets the upper hand after an exchange. Satinum Singh makes, comes down. I'm like, all right, shit, it's over. Monstrous choke slam on Mark Briscoe. The best friends, Christopher Daniels and the Lucha Bros show up, take yeah. out Sanjay Dutt. Penta Super Kings Double J, roll up by Mark Briscoe. Yes, Double J is gone. Thank God. Fun match. Great moment in the ring after the match. Tributing Jay Briscoe with Papa Briscoe, the Lucha Brothers, Christopher Daniels, the best friends, all guys who have worked with these guys, with the Briscoes in the past. It was just another feel-good moment. As it I, like the, I, I like the four-way uh, super kick to Satinam Singh to eliminate him. They made him look important because he's a big guy. It took two big top rope moves and then and then the four-way super kick to put him down. Yeah. And he's just he's not like the the great colleague no. as people like to say. This dude can actually move and he he he's impressive when he's out there. So you're right. I like the way that they put him over by having all four of them take him out for sure and really five of them after at the end of the day. But let's keep it rolling. We get a backstage segment which I love. It was one of my favorite segments of the night. Of course it is. It's BCC time. BCC talks. Moxley says AEW, New Japan, ROH. doesn't fucking matter. The only three letters that matter are BCC. He says, tall, dark, and sexy Takeshka and shooter the roughneck Umino will team with himself, Claudio, and Wheeler against the elite five on five. Fucking then he translate or transitions to Brian and puts over that Brian is the best wrestler in the world and says the dream match will become a nightmare when the Rainmaker meets the best wrestler in the world. Brian then talks, he says he, he wants Okada in the ring face to face. Where are you, Okada? Why aren't you here yet? It's because you're an amateur, you're not the best wrestler in the world. He says at the end of the night, he's gonna call out Okada, and if he doesn't show up, it's just gonna prove he's an amateur and a coward. Mm. I like, the, I like the infusion of two different segments there. We got the one-on-one, you know, one of the biggest matches uh, to ever make there. It's a matchup we've never thought we'd ever see because uh, Brian Danielson was in WWE and Akata, of course, was in New Japan. But then they're infusing the whole uh, BTE and BCC thing. I thought it would have been funny if you would have heard the crowd say BTE as they're saying BCC. That would have been something funny there. Then... At the time, I'm like, who's going to be those two guys? Who's going to be the two guys? And then you see Eddie Kingston, and you're like, okay, I see him being in it because of him and the whole Claudio situation. And then I'm like, who's going to be the last guy? We'll get into that in a second, but I'm like, that added they, a little They bit really intrigue. told that story, Bakley, last yeah. week in the main event, which was so awesome, and we hyped it hard. I know you really enjoyed the hell out of it. 
but the ending sequence of that main event last week set all of this up this week. It is yes. great storytelling that they went from last week to this week. Just fantastic job by them. And you're right, intermingling two huge matches like that, Brian and Okada, plus the five-on-five BCC versus Elite Eddie and question, 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 is incredible. Let's keep this show rolling, dude. We get a trios match. We get the Suzuki Gods Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki against Action Andretti, Darius Martin, Air Fox. Remember that Action Andretti beat Jericho in his first match on Dynamite. He had that big feud with the JAS. So we can keep that in mind. Commentary kept reminding us, which was cool. We had Sammy Guevara come out to Jericho's music instead of his own, which was interesting because Jericho's been trying to get him to fall in line. So I was like, mm, I don't know that I like that. I get it. I don't know if I like it. And then I, mean, I, I think it's they're, they're they're nitpicking you a little bit. They're they're making they're stringing you along. If they want yeah, to get to the point where Sammy Guevara just has has enough, that makes me feel like it, it, that's like an all out match. Sammy all Guevara out. and Chris Jericho go at each other. Words, you took yeah. the words right out of my mouth. That all out, yes, hundred percent. And just little slow builds, little pulls here, little pulls there. Yep, and we'll talk about that in literally one second. Finally, Suzuki two times now. The first time he got screwed out of Kazanian Array. But we got it the last time, and Chicago put it over huge when Suzuki came out. So Chicago gave Suzuki the proper celebration as he deserves. He's a fucking legend. Love this Jericho team. We got Suzuki laying the wood to Darius Martin early in the match. Jericho goes for the Lasex God pose. This is what I was talking about. And Sammy doesn't join the Lasex God pose. Instead, Minoru Suzuki goes over Jericho and fucking does the sex guy pose over Jericho. Love that. That was a, that was really cool. I thought that was a cool moment in the match for sure. Uh, we got more back and forth, nonstop action really between the six guys. Suzuki looked fucking awesome, man. Got style pile driver on air. Fox code breaker. Darius Martin out of nowhere takes out Jericho. He goes up to the top rope to hit a move. Jericho reverses it into a deep. Deep lion tamer. Suzuki with a knee locks air fox on the outside holds him down. And that's all she wrote, folks. Really fun match. The Suzuki sex gods get the win. But it wasn't about that. We knew something more was coming after the match. And after the match, Chris Jericho gets the mic. He says he doesn't care for Sting. He doesn't give a shit that last week was the first time they ever went to face-to-face. He doesn't care to go face-to-face with Sting. He says Sting only shows up with the person with the highest check. He says Sting is a whore. I'm like, wow, okay, all right. I, mean, I can kind of see it. I'm like, you man, you're not much different, but I can kind of see it. Um, yeah, he then went ahead and he challenged him to a match. Suzuki Gods versus Sting, Darby Allen, and a mystery partner at Forbidden Door. I was thinking Ishii makes sense, or you were thinking Shingo makes sense. And Shingo makes a lot more sense considering the fact that they teamed up last year and they won against the Young Bucks and, and Alex. When Shingo was the one that got the pin in that match, and then he got interviewed a couple weeks ago saying that he, like, he looks up to Sting. Sting was very helpful with him here, and he would like to work with him again. So I feel like two and two together, might as well do it again. Yes, love it. Love it, and we we will find out their mystery partner on Collision this week. So they're trying. I to, like that. I like that to get yeah. you tune in, like to be continued. Makes yes. you more. And one thing that like, I really like about this is the way that they're 
putting up in front Darius Martin, a guy that's been hurt several times. He never was able to get anything going. And now that he's back, his brother, of course, got hurt. But they're still using him. They're partnering him with Action and Dreddy. Get him in the limelight, even though it's mostly on Ring of Honor. But right. you see him in this match, and he had some great moments here. He had a, a, especially on Chris Jericho. They made him look like a million dollars. And even though they had Jericho make him tap at the end, he still looked great. He looks like he belongs now. And it's just right. a matter of time before when his brother gets back. That's a tag team that I, I can't wait to see again. Like we saw uh, previews of it leading up into Ring of Honor uh, when Martin got hurt. But now Darius Martin has gotten a couple months where he's healthy, he's going, and I'm liking what I see from him. Yes. Do you how long how long is Dante supposed to be out for this time? Do you think it's gonna be a while? I could see a couple more months. I see him taking their time because they, they have something with uh, Darius Martin, Axon, and Jardy. They're putting AR Fox with them for the uh, for the little while now. They don't have to rush it. They want to make sure he comes back and he's good to go and has no setbacks. Yeah, that's fair. I like this team of the three three of them yeah. as well. You, want a, you know, a nice, fun trios division team. Yeah. I know Blake Christian and Metalik have been teaming with AR Fox, but you can mix and match these guys for sure. Let's keep it going. So we got Tony Giovanni and RJ City in the back. They're doing what's like a WCW lethal lottery thing going on yeah. or a blind battle bull thing going on, which is a WCW consort, a mark of the WCW. I'm like, this is awesome because you got guys like Sting and Ric Flair who used to have the team in the past or like Road Warrior Hawk with Booker T yeah. while Sting was teaming with Stevie Ray. And Lex Luger was teaming with Road Warrior Animal. Like, you're yeah. mixing and max, matching these guys. I'm hoping there's some sort of stipulation here where, like, all right, so, for example, in AAA, Sam Adonis um, had a team with Psycho Clown. Yeah. Where, like, Penta had a team with Alberto Del Patron. It was like you're partnering with your – it's like you're partnering with your rival. Yeah. So like, yeah. And if you win – you get something at the end of it. You fight each other, and the winner of that gets a prize. So you are you want to win these matches. You want to team together and win these matches. So at the end of the day, you face each other, and you win. What I love about this particularly is we're not going to get some sort of like blind or uh, MJ or Adam Cole has to go through these fucking um, stages of MJF like he had it, like the opponents of MJF had to do. Now we're going to get them teaming together instead, and then we'll get that match, whether it's all in this, this is all just out. a This is just to carry them through like the whole uh, storyline until we get yes. to that moment. It's like because we have a couple of months until then. So it's them having this filler in between. They got the team together. They got to work together. They hate each other, but they have to do it because they're a tag team in this. They don't want to lose any momentum at all. They're going to wind up losing towards the end, I feel, feel like, in like whatever the semifinals or finals, whatever it, it would be. But it's going to carry them all the way until August, which is perfect. We're not going to get the trials and uh, tribulations of MBJF. Yes. We're not going to get something – We've done already. It's another fresh thing like they did with the four uh, pillows of AEW, how they carried that two months. This is yes. their way of carrying this for a while until we get to that match. It's perfect. Because it's got to be all out, right? Adam Cole and MJF hit. You know what? I let think me, it, let, me, let, me it just run this, let me run this down right quick, all right? Yeah. 
So we got that. So we got the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament, Tony Schiavone and RJ City. Yeah. They did the the fun thing where you put all the names inside yeah. a little uh, spinner. You had to pick fucking the names out of the hat, and you look at them. Tony Schiavone goes, and then he pulls out the second one. He goes, and for you viewers or you listeners, it's holy fuck, basically, is what he said yeah. with his eyes. And I had to rewind it to listen back to see who was it? Because he, like, I thought he said, but he didn't say. No. And then we get this segment, all right? Story time with Adam Cole, baby. Cole comes out, crowd's hot, hot for him. They are hot, hot for him. Cole puts over MJF, says he wrestled him to one of the toughest matches in his career. He tells Max to come to the ring so they can talk to Chicago about his rematch. He comes out. They He, of course, puts the crowd down. Why wouldn't he? He says the match last week was great. But Adam Cole has track of time. He had fucking beat him. He says no rematch. Absolutely no rematch. You didn't beat me. You lost track of time. No rematch. Cole says, fuck it. Why don't I just whoop your ass right now? So yeah. right then and there, Adam Cole's about to go. Tony Schiavone gets on the mic and goes, gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. To which both, to which both Adam Cole and MJF go, shut up, Tony, which was fucking awesome. Because if you remember, Tony loves Adam Cole now, but he beefed with Adam Cole for the first year and a half that year that Adam Cole was in the company. That was a good flashback type situation. Yeah, it was. It was. Yes, exactly. And we all know how MJF and Tony have been over the last little bit so they both scream shut up tony at him and then uh tony says it in the blind eliminator tournament mjf and adam cole will be a team mjf says no adam cole says no mjf says you expect me to wrestle weekly which i found to be fucking hilarious the, the line the line was damn why do you want to watch me wrestle each week what are you a pervert <laughs> he's fucking nuts, dude. He's out of his fucking yeah. mind, dude. And then we get Tanahashi showing up on the, the big screen. And he says, MJF is a coward. He better show up at Forbidden Door. Because remember, Tony Khan announced a match for MJF versus Tanahashi. Tana, MJF said he will not show yeah. up and wrestle Tanahashi. Tanahashi says, what are you, a coward? MJF says, no, I'm absolutely not showing up. And then Adam Cole plays the mind games with him again, just like he did to get the match with him in the first place. He plays the exact same mind game. What, you think it's because Tanahashi's better than you? It's because it's you believe Tanahashi's better than you, right? Oh, you know Tanahashi. No, 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 I'll fucking beat him. I will beat him. I will find him at Forbidden Door. And then, you know. And then, and then at the end he goes, oh, I only have to say one thing afterwards. Good luck, partner. Does yes. the head shake and then he walks out. Yep, and we got the boom to fucking yeah. end it. The crowd was hot. That was a great segment that continues a really nice story between them. Right before that, we did get the Elite backstage. Hangman says they do have friends. Kenny Omega says he knows why they challenged them. It's because Kenny's in the match with Brian. He thinks it's going to be five on three. The BCC always thinks they got the upper hand. But, hey, this rare situation, everyone hates the BCC. So they got a friend, and Eddie Kingston pops up. And Eddie Kingston goes, I don't like you. I don't respect you. I also have a partner who I like, but I don't trust. And I will announce that myself later. So we got the five on five. Again, it'll be Moxley, Claudio, Yuta, Takesha, and Shooter against now the Young Bucks, Hangman, Eddie Kingston, and their surprise partner. Yeah, I like that. I I definitely like that because we got to see – 
what's going to happen at this Sunday. Like, you know, just like they said, they're like, because Kenny is in this match and Danerson in this match, they got to find two people. And just like we said earlier, Kingston inserted himself into last week was kind of the precursor to this. And then because of that, we get another guy later on, but it adds to the, to, to the build, the suspense. Who's going to be that last guy? We get the fourth guy now. Who's going to be the last guy? It's all, all these names that get thrown out. Ishii, uh, Ibushi, and anybody else. Like You could throw anybody. Like I even said funny. Like It would be funny if it was Mari Squirrel, uh, the villain. How he would come out of nowhere. That would have been good. Or El Fantasmo. Uh, that would have been good too as well. But like we'll talk about that because they announced it. In, in the basically the last segment of uh, Dynamite. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's keep this going then. We get the announcement of the Owen Hart Women's Tournament. We have some really cool first-round matchups. We get defending champion Britt Baker taking on Ruby Soho, Sky Blue, and Anna Jay, who yeah. I have commended big time over the last two Dynamites. Two weeks ago, I said Anna Jay. Great match with Stalin. And, and I think that's going to be on Rampage or Collision, one of the two. Rampage, yeah. yep. Yep, that'll be on Rampage. Big props to Anna Jay and how she has grown, and Sky Blue. The winner of that will fight Britt versus Ruby. We have Willow taking on Nyla Rose, and we have Athena taking on young up-and-coming superstar Billy Starks. We could talk about this here momentarily. And that's, and, and that's going to be nice because it's going to be at Forbidden Door. Yeah. Oh, wait, the Athena match? Yeah, the Athena and, uh, yeah, it's going to be at Forbidden Door. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Billy Starks, yeah, oh. uh, yeah, Billy, yeah. Her and Billy Starks, they announced it had the Forbidden Door logo because two matches from both brackets are going to be at Forbidden Door. No shit. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. All right. Dope. Well, you're fucking teaching me some shit. That's why you are the man <laughs> with the brains. All right, so now let's keep it going. So we got Orange Cassidy and Shibata against Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia. This is fun. We got to see some good chain wrestling from Shibata and Z- ZSJ. In comes Daniel Garcia. Then comes Orange Cassidy. They both dance. It was fucking funny. It was a nice little segment there. Fuck, Orange Cassidy is so fun. Every week, I just like him more and more, man. This match was so fun, which means Forbidden Door is going to be even better. We'll talk about that in a second. Just four overly talented dudes in the ring, man. Fun back and forth again with ZSJ and Orange Cassidy. Another back and forth between Shibata and Danny. After more back and forth, Shibata hits Danny with a big drop kick in the corner. Garcia, man, I fucking I love Daniel Garcia. I know he's a sports entertainer, but my God, yeah. is he a fucking great wrestler, man. He locks in Dragon Tamer on Shibata. Shibata reverses it into a heel hook, which is sick little sequence right there. ZSJ snaps the neck of Shibata with his feet as only he can. Huge DDT from Orange on the ZSJ. Kip up. Big boot to Danny. Danny and Shibata go back and forth with some kicks. Pump kick onto Danny. Sleeper hold. Big boot to ZSJ. And then this is where it happens. Orange Cassidy accidentally hits Shibata with the orange punch. Danny rolls up Shibata for the one, two, three. Yo, Bakley, talk to me about this fucking match at Forbidden Door. Two, well, two, two spots in the match that I love so much. First is the one where you had Shibata and Arch Cassidy do like the Orange Cassidy kicks uh, at the same time, very slow. And then towards the end, you get the submission uh, with, uh, yeah, with, uh, Daniel Garcia and with Zack Sabre Jr. where they're holding in one part of each body. They both have both their arms locked in this submission. 
every five seconds. If everybody knows Zach Sieber Jr., he likes to transition from submission to submission within five to ten seconds because he doesn't want to give his opponent enough time to counter his move. So they ran around the body and did it four times. Uh, I think it was to uh, Orange Cassidy, I think it was. And it was very dope. But then you get the end where you get like the disconnect with every buddy in the ring. You had them tag team, but then at the end, they're mm-hmm. grabbing the, the international title. At first, I was like, okay, we're going to get two separate matches. We're going to get Garcia and Chibata, and then we're going to get Cassidy uh, against Zach Sieber Jr. No. Everybody's holding the international yeah. title. Orange Cassidy comes in, looks disturbed. He yanks it out uh, from Shibata. And then you get the announcement that's going to be a fatal four-way for the international title. I've said this each and every week, and I'm going to say it every week uh, after because it's true. Orange Cassidy is the he, he's the workman of AEW. He goes in every wow. week, fights everybody, defends his belt all the time. Here's another example. It's going to be a fatal four-way. Uh, at the pay-per-view, he did a freaking yeah. battle royal, and now he's doing a four-way match. And this is going to be his moment to get the win. Last year, of course, on Forbidden Door, him and Osprey had an amazing match, the match of the night, and he got the loss. I think this is the way to make him shine and give him that win on Forbidden Door that he didn't get last year because he was kind of like a throw-in and he shined in that mark, and I think ever since that moment, he's been shooting to the moon with his uh, with his popularity with everybody. And I think he's gonna get the win. You're gonna have the moments like they made it look like him and Shibata are beefing at the end, but that's just to to be the southern match because he's like, okay, we're friends, but this is my title, so I gotta put a line in the middle of the grass right here between us because it's my title and I'm going to retain it. And he does it without even saying anything. It's just the look that he gives you uh, walking out of the ring and, and he shows that he's mad. Something that you don't see that much with him. It adds a lot to it. And then you see Zach Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia looking at each other. First they were kind of smiling because they won. Then he looked at the belt and they were like this is mine. No, this is mine. And like, it was just a lot of different emotions at the end. And I'm, I'm digging this. I'm like, okay, we're getting all these guys in and this is how they're going to do it. You want to see Shibata there. You want to see Zach Sabre Jr. there. And instead of making two separate one-on-one matches where maybe they only get five minutes each. Now they're putting them in a fatal four way where they're going to get 10 to 15 minutes. Yes. It's a way of utilizing the time. Maybe if they would have done like a, Two out of three falls where you do both titles that might have worked out even better. Ooh. But like I'm the Wrestle- having- like WrestleMania 16 with Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, and Jericho. Yeah. yeah, but but I'm fine with this. I'm totally fine with them just doing international title. That they keep on making this yes. a title important, almost the most important title on the whole brand. It is, it is. Yeah. And if you check out my AEW power rings on bloodlinenetwork.com, Orange Cassidy was on top for a couple of weeks. He finally passed MJF. MJF got it back this past week after his killer match with Adam Cole. If he's going to be showing up weekly on television, he'll have his spot. Yeah. But you're right. Everything you said about Orange Cassidy, this dude is the work horse. We're going to get to see four spectacular talents, not team, but compete against each other. Orange and ZSJ, Orange and Danny, Orange and Shibata. The last interaction, like you said, when Orange snapped the belts away, snatched the belts away from Shibata, that was awesome. But, yeah, we got the four-way the four at Forbidden Door going. That was great. Will Ospreay shows up. 
He says he needs security in Canada because, like I said last week, he says he's going to fight everyone in Canada. He doesn't give a shit. He's going to fight Kenny Omega. He's going to fight all of Canada just so he can bring that belt back to New Japan, which is why I said this is whole this whole thing is funny because in New Japan, Will Ospreay is the face here. They want him to bring that IWGP United States Championship back home to Japan. In this AEW story, Will Ospreay is the heel in a big, big way. Yes. So it's it's so funny how like this is this is the, the the contrast. This is this is why it's like okay, you can be a, a heel in this storyline even though you're a face because. You know, in New Japan, just like you said, you're trying to bring it back, and then everybody over in AEW, because it's an AEW show, they love Kenny Omega. They root for him, so you have to have that face-to-hero interactions, and this is just their way of doing it. It's always been that way. When they were on Wrestle Kingdom, they beat Kenny Omega the heel and Osprey the face. It just works great. And then, of course, bringing in Don Callis to give him security, and I've said it, I was like, the when we saw Osprey get injected in and the whole Takeshka thing, I was like, watch, that's how they're going to have Osprey win the title back. Somehow Don Kaus is going to insert himself into the match and screw Kenny Omega out of the title. And Osprey brings it back to New Japan where it's supposed to be. And then he can do his thing. And then you get the Takeshka uh, Omega uh, storyline with Don Kaus. And they did say, today in an interview that he's looking to add more members to his yeah. group and because Takeshka was only the star there's going to be more added that are going to defend against the elite so I'm excited to see who they get and what they do but man this you know is who crazy. I suggested who joined that stable not Will Ospreay but United um, Aussie Open will be leaving New Japan presumably since they are signed with AEW now what better way to have you not Aussie Open leave United Empire than to join Don Callis's family? Like Will Ospreay could be like, I didn't want your help, bruv. Like, fuck off, man. Like, I I agreed to your security from the airport to the arena. I didn't need your help winning this match, bruv. And then what if he just loans, he what, even, what if he just loans them over to him? Because if they're signed to AEW and with the whole that thing where yeah, that works it's too. like a load over, it's like Hey, you helped me get the title back here. Here's my guys. They're, that, they're over there, so they're at your disposal. Works. I think Aussie Open and Big Bill would be very nice members for Don Callis. A lot family. of people are saying Lee Moriarty. Both of them, sure. Yeah. What? Yeah, they're you, they're a tag team. Bring them together, man. That, that's perfect. Let's let's keep running the show. But you're right, Dan 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 Callis. Don Callis came. Don Callis came and uh, he showed up, said he'll provide security from the airport. He said Canada hates him too. So I got you, man. We're all good. We got an announcement of another match at Forbidden. They were the only women's, well, I guess not the only women's match, but the only, maybe the only women's match on the main show. Tony Storm defending her AEW Women's Championship against New Japan Strong Women's Champion Willow Nightingale. And Willow and Sky just got the win over the Outcast on Collision this past week. Sky pinning Ruby. So this should be a very fun, interesting match. Excited about that. Which, of course, led us to the only women's match of the night. Chris Dantlander versus Taya Valkyrie for the AEW TBS Championship. Two very, very talented women. I really, I was really hoping, one, we got a longer match. And two, 
that like this would be more of a feud angle than a one-off. And it seems like it's more of a one-off. We got the start of the match. Ty got the offense in. We go to commercial break. Back from commercial, Stat has the offensive. Ty gets the offense back quick. She had a nasty double underhook, like ass drop suplex onto her. And that was really sick. Innovative as hell. Ty is way better as a heel than a face. I, I liked her as a face chasing Jade, but I like this heel Taya way better. She goes for a curb stomp, misses. Stat hits a discus lariat. Spear by Taya. Eventually hits, or Stat eventually gets her up to the top rope after some fighting. Superplex. West Knight fever, and it is over. And I mean, listen, they were trying to shove this match in, Eddie Kingston in the ring, and that whole ending BCC Okada segment all together at after 8.37. I don't know what, what they what they were thinking there. They should have probably – I understand live TV shit happens, so maybe they had to force this match a little bit, but they deserved a, a lot um, maybe, some more, some maybe, more. maybe they went over in a segment that they didn't expect, and then that's why. Yeah. But even so, with the, with everything lean up, this being a go home to Forbidden Door, you get all these New Japan AW guys just colliding, and you made an event with the women's match. That's that's great. Like I I, I take that as a win because you yeah. could tie and her main event in this show, which was such a good go home show and it's putting that limelight on them and i like how every week it's the dependent like we didn't get that with of course with jade because she's green she's still grown and then she's gonna come back i hope this is to take her off and then she's been training and get ready to come back and then they push her to the main event scene possibly probably but i love the fact that they move tired to a heel it makes it a lot better adds more flavor to her character she's she's doing her thing because she's always had that 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 attitude that just one will be like some people are gonna like it some people aren't and i thought they did they did well here and i'm I'm excited to see where they go with the tbs title who's gonna challenge next because this opens up a lot of the doors because now she can defend it all the time and now you can get the situation where Okay, who's next? Maybe somebody you don't expect is going to get that shot now. Maybe you can bring somebody over now that you have somebody that is going to be more active with the title. But I dug this match. I love it. And I love the fact that it was the main event. Yeah, it, it, it was it, it was quick. But, it, again, they're so talented that it, it was a fun match. I just wanted a little bit more from it. And I yeah, think exactly, yeah. we, could, we could possibly get some more from it in the future. But you're right. Chris Dallander is going to be the opposite Jade Cargill. And she's not just going to be defending it against local enhancement talent to build her record and resume. She'll be defending it against quality women. And it's on, and, and it's on Dynamite and not just Rampage. Yes. Bingo. As it should be, as it's the TBS championship. So I think with the brand split, and I, you know, I put it loosely if you're watching, I put it in quotes yeah. or listening, I put it in quotations. With the brand split, the TNT title should predominantly be focused on collision and the TBS championship should predominantly be featured on dynamite. But I, yeah. I get, I guess the women's side has got to go back and forth and whatnot. Let's see. Let's see what fashion cats got to say. The people all add to the family Hobbs, Aussie open Lee Johnson. Ooh, Lee Johnson, not even Moriarty. Ooh. Okay. And, 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 and of course we forgot to talk about something. So we'll insert it here. Not only did they, uh, announced the women's bracket. They announced the men's bracket for their own heart uh, tournament. When, when did they, they do that? 
they announced it right after the women's. They did it back to back, and CM Punk's in it. Oh well, I didn't see the actual bracket. I saw it. Okay. All right, hold up. Let me let's just let's right, finish the show. Let's finish the show, yeah. then we'll talk. All right. So then after that match, we get one last segment. It's like 853. Eddie Kingston's yeah. in the ring. He's talking about Claudio and Moxley. Mox is his brother, but he doesn't give a shit because he hits Claudio so fucking much. Fuck John Moxley, piece of shit. Eddie says he doesn't respect um the elite, but he's gonna fight the BCC because fuck Claudio. Like he can't stress fuck Claudio enough. Moxley, you're not my brother because you're team with this piece of shit. Eddie says, you know who my teammate is? Is Ishii. Oh, I pop hard. BCC yeah. comes out. They jump Eddie Kingston. Ishii comes out. Okada ends up making the save. They go for the uh, big knee on Okada. Brian actually hits Yuta. Um, Okada goes for the Rainmaker on Brian. Brian dips. Okada hits the Rainmaker on Yuta. Okada's in the ring just getting fucking rejoiced by the crowd. And Brian is staring at him on the ramp. And that's all she wrote for this show. There's one small thing that they could have done better with the end. It's the fact that they panned to Brian Anderson and he was talking. And then they panned to uh, Okada way too fast. I thought that they would have left it on uh, Brian Anderson so you could see what he was saying. Because you could still hear it kind of. But it would have worked out better if you would have went slow. Panned to him, watched him say what he was saying to the uh, camera and then pan back to Okada for the few seconds at the end. That would have worked out better. Yeah, it's a little Nick Peaky thing at the end, but it would have sold it even better because you want to see what Brian Jameson had to say under his breath. But definitely was a good thing uh, just to get you ready for Forbidden Door to get that, uh, even if it was only for like two minutes to see Okada. Dude, it was crazy. And like Brian just said, if he wasn't so busy, he would have been at the show. I fucking had tickets to the show. I just yeah. couldn't go. Like babysitting just wasn't feasible for me. I wish I could have been. This show was great. It wasn't so great on paper, but my God, did it end up being a fantastic show. He says, uh, uh, Tom says, I feel like they could have waited to show Okada and Brian. I get that, but you kind of want, like last year, I was tripping out because they didn't show Okada on TV. I'm like, where the fuck is this built? Where the fuck is Okada? They built this Forbidden Door, I feel, way better than they built yeah. last Forbidden Door. And this they show. Didn't, they didn't have all those injuries that they had last year. Where it was literally, they said they, they had over 10 matches that they had, they had to change last year due to injuries and shakeups, which which sucked. But they, they had the luck of not that many injuries this year and everything mostly worked out as planned. Yeah, man. So we get a great Forbidden Door. We get Rampage, Swerve Strickland teaming with fucking United Empires, Will Ospreay, Kyle Fletcher, and Jeff Cobb taking on Chaos, Best Friends, Rocky Romero, and Yo. We got MJF for the first time ever on Rampage. Adam Cole, baby, will be on Rampage. Sky Blue versus Anna Jay. Mm-hmm. In the first round of the Owen Hart Women's Tournament, which again I commend both women for their performance on Dynamite the last two out of three weeks, going back to the last two weeks. Jack Perry against our boy from just five guys, Doki. Oh, Doki's gonna be a rampage. Okie dokie. My God. And, and not only yeah. that, he's gonna be accompanied with Conorado. Oh, Conorado's gonna be spitting yeah. some fucking whiskey into the crowd. Let's go, yeah. let's go. It's and we got the acclaim again. Yes, in action over on collision. We're gonna get the four on four between CM 
CMFT Ricky taking on Jay White, Juice Robinson, the guns. How about this? How about this? Swerve Strickland taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi. What? Willow Nightingale against Nyla Rose in the first round of the Owen Hark tournament. Christian talks. Who cares? We find out who Sting and Darby's partner is. Let's go. And how about this match? Brody King and Andrade. Mm. I expect the return of Roosh. Some LFIvers House of Black action. I don't, I, I don't. I don't know if essentially they're going to use them. I feel like they're going to go the route of Lij from Japan. Oh, and Andrade teams with maybe Naito and Hiromu. Yeah, because he has that. He has that connection Yo. with them because because Naito started in uh, Mexico with uh, Andrade, and then that's when he went over back to Japan and formed his own uh, like for, faction of LIJ just in Japan. So, we can, so feasibly, we can get House of Black taking on Andrade, Naito, and Hiromu. Yeah, and then Shingo teams with Sting and Darby. And everything I complained about last year's Forbidden Door, which again was the best show of the year, yeah. not having Naito and not having Okada on the lead up has happened. Incredible. And, and, and talk about used and swerve. We've talked about, hey, this guy needs to be used in two nights span. They're going to have him versus uh, Tanahashi on collision and on Rampage the night before. He's going to be teaming with the United Empire. Two totally different. Uh, groups of people from Japan that he gets to work side by side with yes. and against. And of course, Yo's on the opposite side on Rampage. Yes. But he gets to work with so many new people that, that, that that's great. I love the fusion there because Swerve, he's a guy that I would want to see in like the Japan for like a couple of matches. And you get to see it over here on just a random Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> Crazy. Just, yeah, when I saw that, I was I was marking out like crazy, dude. And then we got Forbidden Door. We get Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Championship. We get Brian Danielson taking on Kazuchika Akata. My God, is that a fucking dream match? We got MJF defending the AEW World Heavyweight Championship against fucking Tanahashi. Are you kidding me? Go Ace. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? MJF and Hiroshi Tanahashi. My God. How about this? For the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Sonata and Jack Perry. Now, I saw a lot of internet flack about this match, and I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Jack Perry is a fucking budding star in this company. Get used to it. He won't win, but this will continue. He's going to be, it's, it's be the good hand of this match. He's going to make that match go well. It's going to further the storyline of him going heel because he's yeah. going to lose. He's going to feel jealous of the fact that Hook's a champion. You got Luchasaurus who's just won yeah. uh, the uh, the TNT title. That's going to make him so jealous he's going to turn heel and he should become from Jungle Boy to Jack Perry. That's going to be yeah. his heel turn. Jack Perry. No more Jungle Boy. I'm not Jungle Boy. I am yeah. Jack Perry. Yes. And that match is just going to push it there, like you said, Bakley. Yeah. Tony Storm and Willow Nightingale for the AEW Women's Championship, AEW International Championship, Orange Cassidy, Shibata, Daniel Garcia, and Zack Sabre Jr. How about, actually, we have the five-on-five five between yes. the BCC and the Elite, so that'll be Moxley, Claudio, Wheeler Yuta, Takesha, and Shooter, taking on the Hung Bucks, Eddie Kingston, and Ishii. And then we got the Suzuki Gods, taking on Sting, Darby Allen, and what presumably 
will be Shingo Takagi from New Japan. And we have, the reason I saved this is because I want to hear the bracket. We have CM Punk taking on the bread man himself, Kojima. That's exciting. And as a part of the Owen Hart tournament. So I yeah. saved that for last because now I want to hear what this bracket is. Dude, you got it? Yeah, I got it. So on the left side, of course, the first match will be Forbidden Door. It's going to be Satoshi Kojima versus CM Punk. Right under that, right under that, this is the winner of that will face the winner. And the three matches, the three other matches in the tournament, because there's only eight guy tournament. The one under the, so the winner of that will face the winner of Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong. That's going to be on collision. Uh, Joe? What? And then on the right side, it's going to be Dustin Rhodes versus Powerhouse Powerhouse Hobbs. And then the last one's going to be Juice Robinson versus Ricky Starks. So So it's it's the potential for uh, Starks versus CM Punk. If we, if that would be the best case scenario, but part of me feels like it's not. I don't know. Starks versus Samoa Joe. That's my prediction. Starks wins. So how do you think CM Punk loses? Do you think it's like a count out? I think that Jay White cost him the match in some. I think like CM Punk and Jay White one on one is gonna have to. Maybe that's the all out match. Like maybe that's where we're building and we're giving Jay White that huge profile one on one match. And I think that's probably what happens. Jay White costs CM because CM Punk does not need to win this. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Starks has to win this. There is. No ifs, ands, or buts about this. If Ricky doesn't win this, it's a fucking sham. It's a shame. CM Punk's walking around with the world championship in a fucking duffel bag, all right? Like, he doesn't need the Owen Hart. Ricky talk about, but talk about first-round matchups, Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong. My that God. Is gonna, that's going to be a banger. And all three of those matches are going to be on next week's collision in Hamilton, Canada. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a, a, a banger of a collision, having three of those right after – Forbidden Door. I'm telling you, that match is going to be match of the night. Uh, Samoa Joe, yeah. Roderick Strong. That better be the main event if they don't get a huge main event match. Damn. Yeah, that should be the main event because I'm sure Punk will be out there for commentary for that match yeah. for sure. He'll mm-hmm. be because he's going to be he's going to be there every ticket sales with him have gone up significantly. Collision ticket sales yeah. started off slow it's since the first a- collision. They have skyrocketed. It went from a lot of the tickets being there to now there's only 500 tickets left. Yeah, a huge, a huge difference. He's made a difference. The they've they beat Dynamite last week in the ratings. Uh, Collision did on Saturday. I know it's the debut, so everybody's going to see it. But that's very impressive. On a Saturday at eight o'clock, where they're only third on the list of, of of the night in the ratings because they're in a tough I hate, spot. And I hate to talk about the ratings, but yeah. listen, the uh, the Dynamite main event between the Young Bucks and the BCC, and I'll just pretend I didn't say the BCC. Well, it's called the yeah. Young Bucks or the Hung Bucks. We'll just say it's because of them. You watch the quarterly hours. It went from 800, 7 something, 800, 7 something to 660. And yeah. again, I'm not a ratings guy, but yo, then you see one, one, you know, I'm not gonna say it's one guy, but you got him, Miro, Andrade, you got these other guys, 800. I don't expect it to last college football. All right. 
is going to fucking significantly impact those ratings once basketball's back around and hockey is back around. But like Brian just said, man, it's wrestling on a Saturday night. Like, we're and, then, watch and then one thing that at the in this day and age, I feel like the ratings matter to just to an extent because I feel like we're in a day nowadays where a lot of people don't watch things live anymore. They watch it on DVR. They watch it later because, of course, a lot of people are cutting cable now. Because technically, if w- when you look into it, the ratings are based off of cable viewership. A lot of right. people watch it watch like on YouTube TV or whatever. That's not part of the 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 ratings. If you watch it on YouTube TV or if you watch it on something else other than a cable platform, so a lot of people do that nowadays. So it's like a lot of the ratings, it's just a small tidbit of what it should be. It's not based off the overall scale. Right. Right. No. No doubt. And to do eight hundred thousand on your debut show is. And, but again. We have to understand that, like, right now, there's nothing going on. On Sundays, I have been watching IndyCar racing. I have nothing else to like. I'm, a, I'm like, I am a, I'm a White Sox fan. Yeah. I baseball is just not doable right now. So you're looking for other. So, like, doing the 800000 while it's beautiful, and it's definitely going to, like, make executives feel good, don't be upset, like, fans. Don't be upset if they do six hundred thousand next week. It's it, it's okay, and, and it's gonna happen. And collision to me is not about the ratings. I fully expect collision to do like five hundred thousand weekly, and that's solely because, like you just said, the day and age that we live in, DVR, YouTube, that website that we all can go to to watch it for free, um, pirating, all that shit that you can do. Makes not watching it feasible, but the fact that they did eight hundred thousand shows you how big of a draw CM Punk is. The fact that the ticket sales in some places, in some markets, had five thousand tickets available after Collision are down to five hundred tickets available shows the draw. He did the promo with John Moxley. John Moxley is my favorite wrestler in the world. He did the promo with John Moxley and said, "You might be the heart and soul of this place, but I'm the dollars and cents." Yep, dude's not lying, man. He's not fucking lying. He, bring, he, he brings the controversy. Just like when you look at the, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, they're great wrestlers. They bring controversy with them. And I'm telling you this. We've talked about this before. With them keeping them apart, like he had them do the backstage segment, and that left everything open for Punk to make that subtle uh, like cameo on Dynamite today. I'm telling you, they're leading to something. They want you to believe that they hate each other which they might, they might hate each other and they're never going to work with each other. But the fact that you had CM Punk in the ESPN uh, interview mentioned Hangman because he can't, he can't mention the Bucks or Kenny Omega, but he can mention Hangman. So he did that to get to them. I'm telling you, this is a a big time work where eventually down the line, we're going to get a, a three-on-three match with FTR and CM Punk versus the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega talking about selling out the arena. That's something that's going to happen. I'm telling you, they're slow building it. So, well, that's why he's only on Collision and the Bucks and Omega are only on Dynamite. So you, think, so, you think Dave Mel- so you think Dave Meltzer is just telling a story for the Young Bucks? You think he's just pushing this false narrative? Because if you listen to him, he... And he makes them sound like very immature is what he makes them sound like. And I'm not saying that as a CM Punk fan. 
I like I want the elite in AEW. I don't want them to go to WWE. You, you don't want I, you, I think, you don't you don't want everybody to know about it. You, like you want everybody to feel like maybe there is the controversy, which it's based off of real life, like real life mm-hmm. stuff. Like look at in WWE with Edge and Matt Hardy. Right. You know, that was he said it. CM Punk said it himself in the interview. He said real life stories sell tickets, makes money. You we've said it from day one. We said it. CMFTR against the Young Bucks and yes. Kenny Omega makes money. The biggest match when CM Punk showed up in AEW was CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. Bar none, that was the biggest match. You yeah. could not put two bigger stars together than CM Punk and Kenny Omega. We, and we never got it. We no. never got it. And then the fact that you have FTR and the Young Bucks who are one and one against each other, put it together. Put it together. And I, I hope you're right. I, I do hope that we get there and time heals everything. Yeah. We got we got punk and Joe coming. We got punk and Jay White. I'm telling you, I think we're gonna get punk and Jay White it all out, and we're gonna get punk and or we're gonna get MJF and Adam Cole. And we're not gonna worry about that duffel bag maybe until like full gear or something. But the duffel bag is what confuses me the most. And he didn't have it with him tonight, so maybe that's not a thing that he carries with him. But he just wanted it to be known. So that was what confused me the most. Because so I was like, are we going to get Punk and MJF at all out? I don't want that. I think Cole and MJF at all out is the route to go. I, I said that little duffel bag was just like a little shot at Kenta. Because Kenta, the only reason that CM Punk's in this uh, own heart tournament is because Kenta refused to do the match. Okay. If you think about it. like Because he wanted the money. And there's that animosity because of the go to sleep. That's Kenta's move. And CM Punk kind of took it, and they've had that beef since then. And they were trying to get the match, but Kenta just didn't want to do it. So this is right. like the the plan B for it, like uh, which sucks. I would have loved to see that Kenta CM Punk, and then had somebody else yeah. in that own heart tournament uh, in that spot against Kojima, and then you go from there. But it is what it is. This is what we're gonna get. I do think this is whole, a whole work between everybody because it's like okay. We're going to do our thing. You're going to do your thing. And eventually, we're going to collide at some point when it, when it matters the most. And we're going to catch people sleeping. And it's going to shock everybody. Because people will never expect them. To, well, some people were expected because of everything. But I'm telling you, a lot of people won't expect them to do a program together in the future. No. I, I said, I said like, after the first, like, two days, I was like, this could be just the biggest work in wrestling yeah. maybe ever. And they're all just working together, and they're all just feeding Meltzer and fucking Brian Alvarez these stories. And, you know, Tom's saying the same thing. One of the biggest works is Montreal Screwjob. And this is why. This is why. They knew he was hurt. He knew he was hurt. So that's yeah. why it could go one of two ways. It could go the way of that, yes, it's a work because – he was hurt. People are going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? He came back. He won the belt. He got hurt. Had to go away. Comes back, wins the belt, and gets hurt in his first, really, his first match back other than that squash match. What the fuck? So let's create a story. Let's create some drama and push the narrative away from the punk injury. Just like the real life news does. You know, like how there's real stuff going on and they create false narratives. Like, you know, that's what people say at least. Yeah. But um, this way you don't have to focus on Punk's injured tricep and we have to have a new champion. This way it's just Punk got into it with the elite. 
Punk dropping his belt. The EVP is EVPs were like, all right, fuck it. We'll just drop these belts. We'll have a new trios champion. Bada boom. I, I don't hate it. Brian says controversy is cash. And then, yes, dog collar match two for the title of full gear. So the, this, there was this uh, thing put out by Tony Khan where he says that something big is going to happen at Forbidden Door where it's going to impact all in at Wembley Stadium. Any ideas of what you think it's going to be? No, I was going to ask you, bro. I have no fucking idea, dude. What what could be so significant that's going to impact Wembley Stadium? Other than the fact that maybe we get uh, Kota Ibushi back. Like I said, I, I feel like that the ending of uh, that uh, main event between, because they said that Kenny Omega and Osprey is going to be the main event. I think Don Callis helps uh, with Osprey out. You get somebody to come out with Osprey and the bean down Kenny Omega in some form of match, fashion. If it's BCC, who knows? Out comes the save with Kota Ibushi to save Kenny Omega. Maybe we get Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi against two guys, like uh, Osprey and Takeshka or somebody, or something. Something happens where you get Kenny Omega and Ibushi reform the Golden Lovers uh, and do it at Wembley in a big stadium. But then there's other things like maybe we get a shock in title change that we didn't expect, and you get that placed on the thing. Like maybe Will Nightingale beat Tony Storm uh, there, then you get a rematch, but then JB Hader comes back and you make it a triple threat match. There's a lot of options. Like who knows? That's what makes it even better because we don't know. There's, there's that mystery surrounding it, but you know it's going to be big and it's going to be some sort of thing to have that lead up to Wembley. And it's only going to be like a, a two month lead up to, uh, so you had time to push it. But it's like, damn, that adds intrigue to this car because you're going to be watching like every little thing to see oh, what what things what big things going to happen because we know there's going to be some sort of title change. We just don't know what. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I really don't know. I, it's got to be Kota Ibushi. I mean, I feel like he's got to be the one to show up. And then what? You do just a tag team match. It's Ibushi and Kenny against Will Ospreay and Brian Danielson or something. Like I know Takeshko. Hey, I, I know Takeshko. Takeshko, I think it would be Brian Danielson. Yeah, because that's but, the bigger. It's so much but, bigger but then, on so but, many levels. But then again, but then the, again, there's been talks that Brian Danielson wants to work with Zack Sieber Jr. at in the UK at Wembley since they never had their match last year. So, but then the two heels sort of so like that just doesn't make sense from the. You, you said something to me last week. We we all saw Brian clapping on the stage for Will Osprey. Will Osprey said, "Don't fucking clap for me, exactly. bro." Who are you? I'm the best wrestler in the world. What if we get Brian? Like, what if what if that whole main event between Kenny and Osprey turns into a clusterfuck? Yeah. And the BCC end up showing up with the elite end up showing up. Obviously, Takeshka is gonna end up being out there. And maybe Ibushi does show up, but I think maybe Ibushi shows up after the match, after Will Ospreay wins, but why would he wait so long to show up? Why wouldn't he show up during the match? Um, I feel like maybe Osprey w- wins the match and then everybody comes out and not, and Brian Danielson goes to hit Kenny Omega or, and then he hits Osprey by accident 
And mm. that's kind of like the lead up because just okay. like you said, he was like, don't clap at me. You're not my bruv. Like I, right. I, I'm only here with my boys and with New Japan. That's where I lie. Right. So maybe you somehow get that because that because then you can switch everything from the heel Raw Osprey to the face Raw Osprey because now he has the title. He's not trying to get a title from AEW guy now, but now he has the title. And maybe he puts it up against Brian Danerson. So maybe Brian Danerson wins the match against Okada. Ooh. Oh, because I'm just assuming Okada wins that. You think Brian could win that match? I th- I th- there's a good chance I think uh, Brian could win that match. Interesting. Hmm. Because you would, like you said, he wants to transition from Forbidden Door to Wembley and all in. What huge way to do that then to go from having Okada and Brian Danielson and then Omega versus Osprey to then have both winners face each other in Osprey and Brian Hmm. Danielson? Another matchup that we haven't seen. And Brian and Brian just say, I've, "I'll beat all of New Japan's best." Yeah. You put fucking Kenny Omega in front of me, I'll fucking squash his ass. You put Okada in front of me, I'll squash his ass. You put Will Osprey in front of me, I'll squash his ass. Mm. There's, there's only one thing that kind of can put like a halt to everything, which it's not really a big thing. It's just from a storyline standpoint, and that's the G1 because you're gonna have the G1, yeah. and it's gonna end like a week or two before all in. So you're gonna have to like. Anything that they do, they're gonna have to like do a lot of pre-taped things from one of the guys, and you're gonna have to wait until it's done to be able to use War Osprey. But I know, but I know that in the New Japan president was like, if AEW comes calling and they want to use our talent, we were gladly let them use our talent because that's great for publicity for our product, having them us at. Wembley and any stance, and then you want to get all those UK guys. So I expect yes. Zach Saber Jr. there. I expect or Osprey, any you name it. I expect them to be there. Big time, all of them. I think it's. I've said this in the past. It's going to be a specialty show. Yeah. I fully believe All Out will be a week after All In. Why? 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 Because because All Out All In is going to be a specialty show. Yeah. We're going to see New Japan talent there. We're going to see AEW talent there. Obviously, we're going to mix and mingle. It's going to be like a forbidden door. Jamie and Tony. Jamie will get her belt back in from a big UK crowd. Maybe we get Brian versus Zach Sabre. It, it, allows, it allows you to not have to do 15 matches at all out. You can split yes. it to, to 8 to 10 here and then 6 to 7 here. Boom. Right, like, MJ, like MJF doesn't have to wrestle at all in. No. MJF and Adam Cole could happen at all out. Yep. CM Punk could wrestle at both because he's fucking CM Punk if you want to like sell some more tickets. But he doesn't have to. He could just wrestle at all out. You could definitely diversify. You have such a big roster, plus with the New Japan roster, you could diversify it to where you just have such big monster, like FTR against Bishamon, the rematch, that we're not getting at Forbidden Door, presumably. I, get that. Like a hidden match. Open. A hidden match that I wanted to see have, would be CM Punk and Naito. That'd be a fun match. Be a blast, dude. Yeah. And we still have the CM Punk versus Tanahashi match we were supposed to have last year. CM Punk and Okada is a match C- that we could always C- have. CM Punk and Osprey. CM Punk. I mean, dude, if 
keep beefing your body, my dude. He's going to be like, you're a fat piece of shit. And I'm like, all right, I get it. I get it. But I'm not on national TV. So keep beefing your body. Let's stay healthy so we can scream CM Punk from the fucking Raptors. Because I want this. Dude, dog collar match two for the world title at full gear. I don't want Punk. I don't think Punk needs to win that match. But I'm, I'm with that in a big, big way, dude. Yes. Yes, I am. Bakley, uh, we, we've talked about a lot. Let's see what the topics we got. We went through the guns and the hardies and the four on four. We talked about some stat and tie the Owen Hart tournament. How about we talk about the hardies? Because all right, I think it was the perfect way to get them off TV. Because as everybody knows, with the legal battles of Jeff Hardy, he's doing great now. Uh, but apparently he can't work in Canada. So this was a way to get them both off TV or at least him off TV. So we're not going to see him for likely like a month because he can't work in Canada. So this was a way to make the guns look good and then to take him off TV. And apparently they interviewed Matt and they're like, how's your brother doing? And he's like, he's doing great. Like from being a people pleaser where he always was saying yes to people. He's had to put his foot down. So now he's not working the indies right now, and he's only doing like cons and signings, like once or twice a month. So he's kind of taking it like down a bit. He's, he's telling people no because it's like, okay, I got to work about myself now. So he's doing AW one to two signings a month at cons, and then that's it. So maybe he'll up, up that to like three uh, this month in July coming up, knowing that he can't work Canada or June into July. And it gives them something to do. And maybe they cut like one to two backstage promos to carry us over until he comes back. Well, I think it's, I think it's perfect. I think that, uh, well, first of all, this this would be incredible if the Bucks yeah. and Penny cost Punk in the dog hire match. New story begins. That would be tight as hell. And yo, just get yo, my dude. What is up? Thanks for tuning in, my brother. Um, I think that. I'm so distracted by this Bucks cost and CM Punk in this MJF match, man. I want that like, yeah, like that would be that would be ridiculous in 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 the worst way. But I think with the Hardys, I think that it's inevitable that we're going to get a tag team match against FTR, and they're going to build that up as this like you know two of the greatest teams of all time. And I think maybe we get the guns mixed in there as well, and we get a triple threat. I know that Jay White and Juice Robinson is trying to stake their claim for tag team titles. So maybe we get a fatal four way and the guns aren't actually in black and gold. And that's where this is all leading, but I don't think so. I think the guns are in black and gold and we get a triple threat where it's the guns taking on FTR, taking on the Hardys for those. And then you can have the, I feel like you have that. You you give the Hardys their movement. They win the titles by pinning the guns. They don't even have to pin FTR in the match. So FTR can lose the belts without even, uh, getting pinned, they get that last title before they retire, and then boom, then you they either relinquish it the next week and they retire, or they lose it back to FTR. But they still FTR, get FTR goes heel and beats the fucking living hell out of them, bloodies them up like crazy, yeah. and takes their fucking belts back and starts that persona. And yeah. that, then I'd be fine with it. At first, I'd be like, I'd be bitching on these airwaves. Like, are you fucking kidding me? But then FTR goes heel, beats the holy hell out of the Hardys that I'm all in for. 
Let me ask you a question. You think Double J is off our TV now? I thought the stipulation for this match was if he gets pinned, he is no longer on our TVs. So is that what's going down? Is he going to be a backstage producer? I would think so because what are they going to do? Because this was kind of like that last story of the storyline with all these guys. Was this they had the the, the concession stand match and then boom, he loses because they're talking about how oh, we're going to end Mark Briscoe. He's not going to be around anymore, and then he goes and loses to Mark Briscoe. So maybe he goes stays backstage, does his whole international job because he's the big guy in the back worrying about pushing the international flavor of AEW, getting to different markets, doing that and doing the live events, which they have started doing, which has been a plus thing for the company. So maybe this allows them to do more of that. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in the future. But maybe in like like for a couple months, we don't see him on TV. That's fair. That's fair for sure. And, and I hope that we never see him on TV again. Okay. I love Double J. I appreciate his mind for this business. But go grab that pencil, my dude, and, and help Tony Khan grow the infrastructure of AEW and help him grow that business net here in the States and internationally and do what you do best. But, brother, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you for joining me this week. We can keep going and going and going. Yeah. We can get into Forbidden Door. We can get into Collision. But at the end of the day, this is an AEW Dynamite review show. And we are just here to review Dynamite. We did that. We talked some Collision coming up. We talked some Forbidden Door coming up. My dude, where can the people find you? Well, before that, if you want to see any of the predictions, let's lead up to tomorrow with the WrestleBread uh, podcast with the, the First Lady of the bloodline jd we're going to be on there doing our uh, aw forbidden door predictions should check that out tomorrow at 9 p.m eastern time and then we also saturday of course thank you for having me on you're going to be doing your aw collision uh watch along definitely don't miss out on that and then we're going to be doing a whole watch along for the aw forbidden door so I can't wait for that. I just like that's going to be a banger of a time on the Blue Line Entertainment Network. But as you see in my name right there, you can find me on Twitter at KJIQ. You said it earlier. I put out my UFC Jacksonville picks and predictions uh, at five o'clock today. So check them out if you're into Ben on UFC. Their card's going to be late and early in the afternoon, so you're going to be able to watch that, and then that lead that into collision at eight o'clock Eastern time on Saturday night, but you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube. Uh, all my stuff's on the bloodline entertainment network. Now I put all my focus into that. So I, I still put it on my cage YouTube, but I'm putting more focus into the network, into the bloodline. That's where I'm going now. So you can find me there. And then we're going to be releasing my cages bed slip. Any time now, uh, most likely tomorrow morning. I got it all set up for you guys. So if you want to bet this Saturday, check that out and get your bets in because I got the, the best bets in the past couple weeks. I've been on a hot streak of lately, so don't miss out on all that. Shit, and I got really nothing to plug now. I was going to run through all that, and I ain't got to do nothing because my dude hit it on the head, all of it. 
Check out Cage My IQ right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Check out his MMA content. He's all over the place doing his wrestling stuff, too. He is the man around these parts, the man with that IQ, no doubt. Thank you, my dude, again, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And thank you for everyone who watched the AEW Dynamite Review show tonight. And thank you to everyone who will listen. Again, if you're watching this right now, if you're watching it later, please hit that like button. Go back to other videos we do. Hit that like button. And most importantly, hit that subscribe button. We are live seven days a week, two, three, four, five times a night. And you can go over to Twitch and see what we're doing on Twitch. We're doing late night gaming with the Bloodline. Devin and JD are absolutely slaying it over there. So hit that Devin, like button. Devin, Devin's getting ready to go on, I believe, tonight. Yeah, yeah. He's going on soon. Like, I think 11 o'clock over on the Twitch. So go check out Bloodline at Bloodline E-N-T over on the Twitch. And when you put the Bloodline Entertainment Network into your Google, you will be able to find us everywhere. You can listen, Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you can find your audio platforms. You can find the Bloodline. And yo, when you do that, our website will pop up. Sports, wrestling, entertainment, all our videos, all our audio. Again, everything we're doing all under one roof. My dude hit it right on the head. We will be live here tomorrow night on WrestleBread for our AEW New Japan Forbidden Door panel prediction show Saturday night live on the Tim King Show AEW Collision. Watch along then a mock draft on Roto Slappers and Sunday, our Forbidden Door show. And let's not forget about Friday night, Top Rope Wrestling Talk with the family. So check them out live right here on the network. For your boy Cage, your boy TK, you can find me at the Tim King Show. I'm only on Twitter. Just fuck with me on Twitter. That's it. At the Tim King Show. Bakley, your boy, we out.